Father, we just come to you in the name of Jesus. Yes, Lord. There is no other name under heaven or in the heavens, on the earth, nowhere in all this world, except in the name of Jesus. No other name has salvation. No other name has deliverance. In no other name there is healing. In no other name there is satisfaction. Every other God will just deceive. There is only one God who gave himself for us. Thank you, Father, for your Son. Thank you. Thank you, Lord, that when we were yet sinners, when we were without strength, ungodly, your enemies, you sent your Son to die for us. We just want to thank you. We praise you, Lord. We worship you. And this morning, even as now we meditate upon your word, speak to our hearts. For your good. Your word forever is established in the heavens and your word reveals how good you are. That even in your judgments, which might seem harsh to the natural man, is an expression of your goodness. For whatever you do is good. just want to thank you, Father. And therefore, even as we now meditate upon your word, I pray, Father, that we will understand your ways. We will know who you are. And anoint us even in the hearing and in the speaking of this word. For in Jesus' name, Amen. Just want to thank God once again for this opportunity. Thank you. Thank all of the brothers who are praying for all of us here. And even as we spend these days in the presence of the Lord, that God will continue to speak to us. He will continue to anoint us. Feed us with his word. Feed us with his manna. There is fatness and strength and pleasure only in his word. And this morning, once again we look to his word and we will uh, look at first uh, Colossians chapter 3 uh, verses 1 to 4. Colossians chapter 3 verses 1 to 4. Yeah. If then you were raised with Christ, seek those things which are above, where Christ is seated, is sitting, sitting at the right hand of God. Um, NIV will use the word, set your hearts on things which are above, where Christ is seated at the right hand of God. Verse 2 says, set your mind on things above, not on earthly things. Next verse. For you died, and your life 
is hidden with Christ in God. One of the reasons why we should set our hearts and minds on things above is because we no longer live. If indeed we have been dead and buried and raised with Christ Jesus, if indeed we are living in the reality of our baptism, we have this confession that my heart and my mind is not here on earth, it is set on things above. I will not gravitate to the things which are on earth. Verse 4, when Christ who is our life is amazing, appears, then you will also appear with him in glory. Okay, so this is what we've been trying to do uh, to all of us, including me, to be able to change the way we think, be transformed in the renewing of our renewal of our mind, that we will be transformed into the way Christ thinks, God thinks, that our hearts and our minds will be focused on the things of God, the thoughts of God. He says, my, your, my ways are not your ways, my thoughts are not your thoughts. As the heaven is high above the earth, so are my ways and my thoughts. Okay, so if you want to have those heavenly thoughts, that we will have our vantage point, not from earth, but not looking um, upwards, but looking downwards. Our vantage point will be from the heavenly vantage point, and therefore we will be able to see things the way God sees things, even on earth. Uh, turn to, uh, again, uh, Philippians chapter 3. Verses 18 onwards. Uh, 18 and 19, that's enough. Philippians chapter 3, verses 18 and 19. <clears throat> Look at what Paul has to say. Superb verses, two verses, which have deep meaning. For many walk. You looked at these verses so many ways, but look at once more. Um, once more, One more time. For many walk. What is that? Walk. Everybody say walk. Walk, okay. For many walk, so important, of whom I have told you often. It's our walk which is important. Okay. Those who wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall rise up on wings like eagles. They shall run and not grow weary. They shall walk and never faint. You see, first if we fly, that's exactly what salvation does. God brings us out of Egypt on eagle's wings. And then after a while we start running. because, And then slowly, step by step, we start walking with God. It's our walk. Enoch walked with God. That means he, it's a slow, it's a slope, it's, it's not as dynamic as, as, as uh, instantaneous as our deliverance from out of Egypt. We were brought out of Egypt in one day. When we believed in the Lord Jesus Christ, we were brought out of darkness and into his light. And then we ran. I mean, we just started going to church every day. We wanted to sit. We were like little babies. Oh, give me milk. Give me milk. Give me milk. We were doing for six months maybe. I don't know. And we ate up or we drank up all the milk that we could. But then began our walk. Okay. The first two is, and every time we prayed, we got our answers, right? Because that God was like, okay, you're a small baby. Now, every time you pray, I will give you answers. Not an issue. Okay. I brought you out of eagle's wings and I'll immediately give you answers like that. And you go there, you testify, the guy gets converted. Who you say, hooray, hallelujah, Jesus. Okay. You have a problem in your, in your, in your, uh, in your finances and you pray, Lord, help me. And God immediately answers, boom. Okay. And then, after, after a few days, begins the 
walk. You see, and that is the reason why Enoch, it, it says Enoch walked with God. It says Noah walked with God. 120 years he had to build the ark according to the specifications that God had shown him. And that is a walk. The walk of faith, which is a step by step and God is not going to show us the next step before we take the first step. Okay, We know that old Chinese proverb, right? A journey of a uh, thousand miles begins with the first step and God is not going to show us the next step until we finish our first step, the first obedience. Okay, it's Christianity is not seeing and then I will believe. No, we believe and you will be shown. Okay, What, what Lord should I do? Said, Paul, uh, said Saul of Tarsus. He says, go, it will be told what you should do. Okay. So radical conversion can happen. Tremendous walk with Jesus. I mean, those, 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 those prayers that are being answered in your life and immediate deliverance is taking place. But after a while begins the walk. And Paul is coming to this point. He says, this walk is very important, my dear brothers and sisters, because it is a long obedience in one single direction. And most of the times it's in the little things. Consistency in the little, 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 little things in our lives. That is what walk signifies. And in this walk, because we don't have those instantaneous instantaneous experiences when we first came to the Lord and we are looking for that. He said, Lord, now those days I used to pray and you, you, you would answer. Now what is going, going on, Lord? I have to fast and pray for 21 days to get a revelation. The first time when, when we said, okay, we will not uh, defile ourselves with the, with the food which comes from the king's table, immediately granted us favor. Hmm? Immediately, right? Favor granted by the, by the master of the eunuchs. And immediately you answered, we were found ten times better. The first dream that you gave to Nebuchadnezzar, we just came together and we prayed and you gave us the answer the next day. But now, if I have to get a revelation, how to fast for 21 days, that's walk. Okay, in that walk, because it is not instantaneous, God is going to, there is a temptation for us to get deceived. For temptation, like I, I, I remember some time back, somebody sent me a, an animation of a cross. This guy is bearing his cross and walking and finally says, Lord, it's too much to bear. And he, and he says, okay, fine, I have an idea. Maybe I should cut it off. He cuts off the bottom of the of the cross and now it becomes a little more lighter. So he walks and walks and walks and walks. He says, master, it is too too heavy for me to bear it. Can we, can, can I just cut it off a little more? And he cuts off, <laughs> cuts off the, 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 the cross a little more. And then he keeps doing that. At the end of the journey, there's a chasm. And you'll see all the other believers who've been carrying those big, big crosses coming. And the moment you see the chasm, they put the cross and they walk on the chasm. And they go, I mean, walk on the cross and get on the other side. And this guy, his cross has become short. I mean, I thought it was fantastic. That's what happens, no? Because sometimes it could become heavier. And you're saying, Lord, where are you? It's a walk. 120 years, Noah had to consistently keep building and be at his post, be a preacher of righteousness. He has, was warned by, he was moved by godly fear, warned of the things to come, to things not yet seen. And he built an ark for the saving of his family. And he was called a preacher of righteousness of 120 years. He didn't see any, any results in his ministry. But he yet walked. 
And he finished his walk. And in that process, he could have said, Lord, what's going on? Maybe I should just change my doctrine a little bit, a little, so that no, it's not gonna, it's not gonna work. See, it's a walk. So for many walk, he says now, of whom I have told you often and now tell you even weeping. Now Paul is looking at these, these so-called believers now, that they were the, what? Enemies of the what? Of the cross of Christ, you see. They have, they have become the enemies of the cross. They are not enemies of Christ. We looked at it so many times. We are not, then everybody loves, loves Jesus. Come on. Do you love Jesus? Of course. What about the cross? That's a problem. Now he defines certain very interesting, uh, characteristics of these people who have become the enemies of the cross. He shows us four things in verse 19. It says, it begins with whose end is destruction. Whose God is their belly. Whose glory is their shame. Who set their minds on earthly things. Four things are mentioned. First it's mentioned is who their God is. Second what is mentioned is what their glory is. Third is mentioned is what their mindset is. And fourth what is mentioned is what their end is. Their destination. So what is mentioned first, what their, who their God is. Second, what is mentioned is what their glory is. Third, what is mentioned is what their mindset is. And f- finally, fourth is what is mentioned is their destiny. See, we need to understand. Always we need to ask ourselves every moment when we are walking with the Lord, who is my God? Second, what is my glory? Or who is my glory? Okay. Like uh, David says, the glory and the lifter of my head. The glory and the lifter of my head. For thou, O Lord, are a shield to me, my glory and the... You know, he says he identifies his glory with his God. He says, apart from you, Lord, I don't have any glory. That's what he says in Psalm 16. Lord, I have spoken about my Lord that you are my God and apart. Can we look at that? It's a beautiful verse. Psalm 16 verses 1 and 2 maybe, yeah. Psalm 16 verses 1 and 2. One of my favorite psalms. And we'll come back to Philippians chapter 3 again. Doctor. <coughs> it says, oh yeah, verses 1 and 2. Yeah. Preserve me, O God, for in you I put my trust. O my God, O my soul, my soul, which essentially is your mind and your emotions and your will, etc., O my soul, you have said to the Lord, you are my Lord, my goodness is nothing apart from you. You are my glory, you are the lifter of of my head. Meaning, I will never lift up myself. You see, that's what we looked at yesterday, Psalm 75, you don't have to turn there. It says, promotion neither comes from the east or from the west. Promotion comes from God. He says, I put one one person down, I lift up one person up. Who is the person who is doing all these things? It is God who does it. So he says, don't try to ever lift yourself up. Because the temptation is, lift yourself up. That is the reason why he says, humble yourself under the mighty hand of God and he will exalt you in due time. So, who is your God? Let's go back to Philippians chapter uh, 3 verses 19, uh, verses uh, 18 and 19. Who is your God? What is your glory? 
how is your mindset and therefore what is your destination. Okay, so who your God determines what your glory is. And what your glory determines what your mindset is. And what your mindset is determines where you are ending up. Okay, for example, if your God is success in this world, just giving an example, success in this world, or any other thing, or a relationship, or whatever it is, whatever could be, I'm just giving you a uh, an example which is applicable to across the planet, every person, especially men, have this God called career. Okay. That is your God. What is your glory? Success. What will my peers think about me? So when you are studying in the university, Are, this is what I want to do, this is what I want to do, this is what I, this is where I want to go, right? This is ultimate destination, United States of America. Generally, huh? Generally for all, I mean, if you're not going there, then your destination is like, you're crazy. Okay. So you have your God, which is success, or, 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 or a career. Success is your glory. That means your peers would say you're very successful in whatever you're doing. Just giving an example. And then your mindset is, I have to do whatever it takes to go to the destination. And then you do, like for example, I have to achieve this in my life. What do you do? You go through the grind. Right? I mean, you already start thinking, like pastor keeps telling, if your thoughts first, your body is, is where your mind has taken you first. Like for example, if I have to reach a movie theater, I should start thinking about the movie. I should plan accordingly. And ultimately after having done all those things, I will end up there. I mean, it's a, it's a sum total of all the things that I have thought. Right? Therefore, your God determines your glory, your glory determines your mindset, and your mindset determines your destination. And therefore, what you are and where you are right now is a sum total of what your glory was, what your God was, and what your mindset was. Don't be surprised why you are here today, in whatever position you are in, spiritually speaking. You made a set of things. It's, it's what we call as deterministic processes. <laughs> There's nothing random in, even in spiritual terms. It's a series of choices that you have made according to the God, according to the glory and according to the mindset. And therefore you chose that trajectory. And therefore you are in this position right now. So you, if all of us, we, do, we need to constantly keep asking, the position I am in right now is, is it the, is it the position where God would want me to be? Is he pleased with this position where I am in? Spiritually speaking, or whatever it is. <sighs> you understand what I'm saying? So these four things you need to keep in mind, my dear brothers and sisters. And what we are doing in these days is hoping that God will be your God. And in this case, he says, their God is their belly. Stomach. What does stomach means? Satisfaction. What satisfies you? I mean, food may not satisfy you. See, uh, I'll tell you, what does stomach essentially mean? Anything which makes you satisfied. For example, uh, let's say a bunch of guys are playing. Okay, mother keeps telling, uh, come on guys, um, let's say two uh, ch- children are playing in the yard, let's say. Okay, come on, come on guys, it's time for lunch. Ma, we are not hungry. And they're playing because they're so engrossed in their work. 
uh, in the play. They're playing, the playing, the playing, the playing, the playing, the playing, the playing. And Ma says, come on guys, it's time for lunch. No Ma, we're not hungry now, we're playing. And they play, and they play, and they play. And after a while, uh, they just come back. I mean, let's say Ma says, no, 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 no. Ma says, no, you have to finish your lunch and then you can play. Okay, Ma. And they've come to the dining table now. And they've just finished up the entire food which is on the day table. What has happened? They were satisfied with something else. Okay. Stomachs imply satisfaction. No, it was not that they, they were not hungry. They were hungry, but they didn't know it because something else occupied their mind. You understand what I'm saying? I mean, Sundar Krishna gave this interesting anecdote, no? No, no, because now, now we are online. We have to do all referencing. <laughs> Otherwise, okay. See, this is what he said. This, this, that is where he, call, he talks about the expulsive power of a competing faction. Affection, rather. It means what? You're so engrossed in your play. The children were so engrossed in the play. They didn't realize that they, they were hungry. But when mama said, stop it there now. Come here. Have your lunch. So the moment they come to the table, they just finish up whatever is on the table. They didn't realize how hungry they were. You know why? Because something else was satisfying them. The God is their belly. That is what. What is giving you ultimate satisfaction is your God. You understand? Out of your bellies shall flow rivers of living water. Uh, what is that? Uh, who is that man? Uh, Judas, um, when he hung himself, his entrails came out. What satisfied him was money. Money was his God. God is their belly. Understand? For us, I mean, even in the ministry for the, for, for that matter, glory could, glory could, our God could be how many people are watching us online, let's say. Just giving you. You know, for example, we had a, a recent milestone on our, on our GTC channel, 10,800 views already. For a channel which is almost like 10 or 15 days old, less than total number of views. Oh, God is the belly. Satisfaction. Satisfaction. Okay. And therefore, what is it? Whose God is their belly in this case, whose glory is their shame. No, they don't realize in the sight of God, they're actually naked. Isn't it interesting when Adam and Eve cover themselves with fig leaves, they're absolutely comfortable with one another. You're your fig leaves, I've got my fig leaves. Hello, we are so nice. Cat designer figlies. But the moment the presence of God comes, what do they do? They hide and they say, I was afraid because I was naked. <laughs> How come you didn't realize both of you? Because you were interested in each other's opinion. Opinion means glory. Doxa means opinion, no? Glory means, do, 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 I mean, the Greek word is doxa. So you are happy and content in each other's opinion. That is the reason why Paul says, if you compare yourselves with yourselves, you are a fool. The ultimate comparison is that tried precious stone. The complete stone. Who is that complete stone? Jesus, the topper. He is the topper of the millennium. I told you, right? Whenever a topper comes into your class, you look like a fool. And I remember, I'm telling you so many times, I used, I used to, it used to happen to me, you know. We were in a research team, okay. And uh, like we were working really, very hard and we we're getting results. And oh, four months of hard work, we got few results. And we showed it the professor. Professor was okay. Yeah, he was, he was also happy. He gave us a small hike in our salary. Okay. Uh, you want me to wait? Yeah. 
Okay, he he also gave us a, a small hike in our he, in our salary, and then uh, suddenly one guy from uh, another country comes. He's a mathematics Olympiad silver silver medalist. Math Olympiad silver medal, one key. And you know what he does? He comes and writes equations like that, and every day he's getting results. The topper has come. And we were working for 3-4 months and getting sponsored. This fellow is getting results every day. And what? How do we? How will we look in the sight of the professor? Like fools. A topper has come. We are dum-dums there now. That's exactly what happened when Jesus entered into the scene of the Pharisees. The topper of toppers called Nicodemus was looking at him and he says, Boys, this guy, what is going on over here? We know that you are a man sent from God. Unless God is with them, you can't do those miracles. But you know what? An amazing thing is this, no? Jesus is the topper for sure. But no topper will say to the professor, Professor, everybody should get 100 marks. Let my 100 marks go to them. Professor will say, Hey, that fellow, those, those, those guys don't deserve it. I'll do one thing. You first give them 100 marks. Okay? You first give them off 100 marks. What I'll do is, I will work along with them and by the end of the semester, they will also get 100 marks. Is that okay with you? Any student will do that? No student will do that. But Jesus did that. He said, Father, first give them 100. Declare them righteous, just as if they have never sinned. Then I'll do something. I will work with them and slowly perfect them. And make them grow in my righteousness. Isn't that amazing? That is the reason why our ultimate glory comes from God and God alone. So their glory is their shame. Why? Because they were comparing themselves with themselves. The moment you compare them yourselves with yourselves and you don't compare yourselves with God, you are absolutely God. What does what does scripture say in Romans chapter 3? It says, let no, you don't have to turn there. Let God be true and every man a liar. It is not that people are speaking lies. When you compare you yourself with God, you are a lie. You understand what I'm saying? Okay. So when you compare yourselves with God, you are an absolute lie. So we, we don't compare ourselves with others. We only compare ourselves with our glory. This is their glory is their shame. And because their glory, and what is their, where, where is their mind? The mind is set on earthly things. It's a fleshly mind. They're set on earthly things. Okay. Whoever lives according to the flesh cannot please God. That means what? They're always constrained by senses. Sight means senses. Any, anything which is sensual. That is that is the reason why James will say the wisdom which which is from above is different from the wisdom which is from beneath. Wisdom which is from the beneath is what first is earthly. Why is it earthly? Because it's connected with the senses, and it, because it is connected with the senses it is also what demonic. The ultimate source of that wisdom is from the demons. Mindset. Where is our mindset therefore? So question therefore today we need to ask is, who is our God? What is our glory? How is our mindset? And where are we heading? And what happens yesterday like pastor was talking about, we'll have so many people in the last days who will try to take us away from uh, that trajectory because it is a walk for many 
walk. It is a walk. Because it's a long walk. It is not just not one day walk. You need to be consistently constant. You should be doing the same things over and over and over again. For example, we started off on uh, uh, 12 days back, Sami. Yeah, 12, 12, 12 days back we started off. Okay, when we started off, we were all so excited with the camera and the, and the, and the, and the, and the telecast and everything, right? But, finished 10 days, now we have to do this. So, uh, whose end is this destruction? Whose God is their belly and their mind is set on earthly things. So what we are doing again, to reiterate it over and over again, we are trying to change our mindset. See, our mind is set on certain things. When the mind is set, the body is set. And the older you grow, the difficult to change your mind. Okay. When you are tender, it's easy. So may the Lord give us tender spirits and tender minds so that our, and our tender hearts so that our affections and everything can be molded. So that he, therefore we need what? A tremendous anointing of the Holy Spirit over our lives. It's not easy. So we talked about false prophets yesterday. What false prophets do, they take us away from the path. Path of, uh, of, uh, that God has ordained for us. Okay. Slowly bringing deceptive means, the way they entice us with fleshly and temporal things. Things which do not profit. Therefore, it says in, um, Deuteronomy chapter 32, verse 28 and 29. Deuteronomy chapter 32 verse 28 and 29. Are we there? Yes. Look at what it says. 32, not uh, 31. Deuteronomy 32, 28 and 29. It says, for they are a nation void of counsel. What is counsel? Okay. Blessed is the man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly. There was a counsel of Ahitophel. Which people thought was like the oracle of God. But, you know where it led Absalom to. Okay. A counsel which is full of bitterness and anger. Okay. So, he says, for they are a nation wide of counsel. Therefore, we need counselors. At least two. Because multitude of counselors, at least minimum two, no? You don't need one counselor. We need counselors. A multitude of counselors, there is what? Safety. And it says, whenever you go to war, you need to have counselors around you. Okay. So for they are a nation, what of counsel? But so the problem is, there's so many counselors these days, in the last days. So many counselors. How do you know which is the counselor which is from God and which is the counselor who is not from God? I'll tell you something. Every counselor who confronts your flesh is a counselor from God. Who will challenge you to change and think on spiritual things is a counselor from God. Because there's a mount, multitude of counselors. You know, we are a generation where we want, we go to counselors. There's a marriage counselor, there's a career counselor, there is a, there is a academic counselor, there is a, uh, whatever counselor, no? A sportsman, trauma counselor. If that fellow is going through failure, he's, he goes to a psychiatrist. Okay. The world is full of counsel and counselors. Okay. So, who is your counselor? For there are nation, he says, void of counsel, nor is there any understanding them. And look at what it says. Oh, 
that they were wise, that they understood this, that they would consider their what? Lateran. I hope they have this understanding. So this is the way that they are going. Where will they end? Do they know it? I hope they know it. I hope they have the wisdom. I hope they have the sufficient kind of counselors who will direct them and keep them on that straight and narrow way. That is the reason why the disciples asked Jesus, is it is it possible, Lord, that only a few will be saved? You know what Jesus says? Strive to enter through the narrow path. Matthew chapter 7 will say, broad is the way to destruction and many will find it. Luke 13 will say, strive to enter through the narrow path. What is strive? Meaning what? Agonize to enter through the narrow path. It is an agony. It's an agony. It is an agony of the flesh for the flesh, not for the spirit. The spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. We delight in the law of God after the inner man, but there is another law. Which is fighting the law of, of the spirit, the law of sin and death. Okay, so we should, I mean, that, that is what we are, we are, we are uh, attempting this all these days so that our minds will be focused on that straight and narrow path so that we know our latter end. Like Paul, no? I fought the fight, I kept the faith, I finished my race. Now what is waiting for me? A crown of righteousness. Kya baat hai? He knows certainty of his latter end. He knows where he's heading. And Peter also says, I am putting off this tent so that I can receive a tent from above. Hmm? Okay. So, this morning, we need to ask ourselves, what are those paths? And who are those people who will take us from those paths? And who are those people who will keep us in that path? It's important. All these things are important. Turn to 1 Timothy chapter 6 and verse 20 and 21. I'm just showing a few verses and then we will jump into today's word. To set up the premise, 6 verse 20 and 21. Uh, 1 Timothy chapter 6 and look at this. Paul, like Pastor was saying, I charge you. Okay, this is again. Oh, Timothy. That means Paul, a very, very, uh, what do you say, not a very expressive man. Okay. Not very emotional guy. Okay. Whenever he says, Oh, Timothy, Baboy. Okay. We have to really take heed. What's going on? Oh, Timothy. What should you do? God. You know what? What God actually means? Fortify. Fortify. Means put barricades around your heart so that lies will not penetrate into you. You know, a lot of people, they have a a barricade of lies. Like Ravi Zakaria said, no, truth is often guarded with a barricade of lies. And truth about your real condition is, is often guarded with so many lies. The real you, who you really are, you guard it. For example, you often go to church. Or you put so much of money in the offering bag. You do a lot of religious activity trying to guard what is what you really are. Who you really are. 
But here, on the other hand, he's telling Timothy, Timothy, now I know you are a true son in faith. I know your heart. I know your tears. I know your faith. Even when I'm often uh, uh, reminded of your tears, I only praise God, he tells in Second Timothy. And I know that Timothy, that faith that, she is, that is in you, that was first found in your grandmother and, and, and your mother, and it is now also found in you. And he says, oh, Timothy, 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 God that was committed to your trust. How do you do it? Avoid profane and idle babblings and contradictions of what is falsely called knowledge. You know, today morning, pastor was praying for all of us, no? He says, we don't need knowledge, Lord. We need to hear from you. There is so much around which is falsely called knowledge. And by the word, this knowledge uh, is translated in the original KJV as science. False science. You don't have to learn that. By by professing it, some have what? Straight concerning the faith. And he says, grace be with you, Timothy. Please, grace be with you, Timothy. Entrust what I have committed to you. I mean, uh, uh, guard what has been entrusted into you. Guard it. Fortify it. Don't give any any place to the devil so that he will penetrate and and, and deceive you. And you stray away from the path of faith. So we need to know the original, therefore. We need to know. See, we need to know our Bible. You know, I, I remember Zach, Brother Zach Ponan saying, you know, those who do not know the Bible deserve to be deceived. It's a very powerful statement, is it? God has given us. I'm not, we are not talking about people who do not know the Bible, who cannot read, etc., etc. But we who know it, and God has given us all the resources, especially we who are in here in our in our church. We have no excuse not knowing the word of God. We have to know the word of God. We just not, not know the word of God. We need to know the God of the word. Hoping that one day with somebody will say something which is false. Yeah. Something it will disturb in your spirit. Like yesterday, Jehoshaphat, no? 400 people are prophesying, prophesying, prophesying. But he know, Jehoshaphat had a genuine relationship with the Lord. And he said, There is some kind of a, some tune, something is going wrong here, no? For example, no, in a, in a, in a, in a musical, uh, uh, concert, you know, the, the guy who's so, the, 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 the guy who's conducting the music, he knows his mind and his ears are tuned to the original. And one fellow, plays one not note wrong, he just looks at him, gives him a look like that. Mm, that's it. And he immediately falls in line. You see, this is what we need. We need that. In these last days, Lord, that kind of sensitivity should know the original so well that somebody says something out of line. We like Jehoshaphat said, is there any other fellow? Who can bring the word of God? Okay, all these people are saying so many things. Great. But somehow, something, something is wrong somewhere. And I, and I pray that the Lord will give us grace to know what it is. Okay. So, so how do we do this? Let's move on. No? Um, Deuteronomy chapter 13. Three levels. Talk about it. Verse 1 onwards, the entire chapter. Let's read. Okay, let's go verse by verse. If there arises a prophet among you. Now think about this. 
Prophet means the person who says, I stand in God's place. I have the word of God. I have the prophetic word. I have the word which will... That's essentially what it means. And we've looked at false prophets, etc. Okay. If there arises a prophet among you, or a dreamer of dreams, and what does he do first? He gives you a sign or a wonder. What does he do? He gives you a sign or a wonder. For example, Peter, the Lord says, in the next one month, a breakthrough that you're looking for is coming. Whatever that breakthrough is, okay? You can put that, fill in the blanks. <laughs> I don't want to say it and embarrass you. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> one month. Specific date also. He says, by this time, let's say for example, by April 15th, 12.30 in the afternoon, this is what is going to be coming knocking at your door. Just giving you, I mean, just trying to pictureize this, okay? Whenever I read this, this thing, I just want to pictureize what is going on. And then, verse 2 says, and the sign and the wonder has come to pass, of which he spoke to you. Saying, look at this. Look at this, guys. This is unbelievable. What is the essence of the sign and wonder? Let us go after other gods. That is the essence of the sign and wonder. He's, he's speaking so many things. The essence of the sign and wonder is what? Let us go after other gods. Now, hold your Bibles there and turn with me to Acts chapter 2. Acts chapter 2. Acts chapter 2, please. <clears throat> Are you there? Okay, and I'm I'm reading from verse Acts chapter two and verse um, thirty nine and forty. Okay, thirty eight. Sorry, uh, let's read from verse uh, thirty seven to forty. Thirty seven to forty. Thirty seven to forty one. Okay, thirty seven to forty one. Okay. Now, when they heard this, no, this is when Peter preached at, on the day of uh, Pentecost. Okay, on the uh, now when they heard this, they were to their heart. And what did they do? And said to Peter and the rest of the apostles, men and brethren, what shall we do? Then Peter said to them, repent and let every one of you be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins that you may receive the gift or the promise of the Holy Spirit. The next verse. For the promise is to you and to all your children and to all who are afar off as many as the Lord will call, including all of us. Ultimately, the Lord called all of us here. And then he says, verse 2, he spoke Several words. So many words he spoke. But what is the essence of those so many words? And with many other words he testified and exhorted them saying, Be saved from this perverse generation. His message was not encrypted with a sign and a wonder to take you and go after other gods, but to be saved from other gods. And then verse 41. Okay, 37-41. Look at what it says. Quickly guys. It says, Then those who, what? Gladly received this were baptized, received his word baptized, and that day 3,000 were added. And verse 42 will say, And they gathered together 
daily for the continued steadfastly in what? In the apostles' doctrine. First, they repented of their sins first thing. They received the message that this generation that we are living in is an absolutely untoward generation and they baptized, they got baptized. Third thing, they got baptized. They said, you know what? We are going to die to this world and we will be alive to God. And fourth, he said, you know what? We are just not going to repent. We will just not receive the word of 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 uh, dying to this I mean receive the word that this generation is an untoward generation we will also die to this world we will continue in that three again what we do we continue in the apostles doctrine what does the doctrine tell, teach you to keep you on that straight and narrow path what repent save to, save yourself from this untoward generation and live in the reality of your baptism so that you will save yourself from the untoward generation. And in order to do that, apostles' doctrine is given. Second, fellowship is given. A bunch of believers who are going on the same path. Their, their destination is the same. Okay, who will encourage you on that path. Not discourage you. We'll come to that later on. In breaking of bread and in prayers. So, three plus four. Seven things they did. What are the three? Repent. Second, receive the word. Third, get baptized. And continue receiving the word, receiving the word, and live in this reality again, these three things again. And have fellowship, break bread, and continue in prayer steadfastly. But what was the essence of the false prophets? (laughs) The encrypted verse was, uh, this world may chalte hai. They are taking you back to the gods of this world, and let us what? Serve them. See, what does it matter? Let me tell you something. The object of your worship will change. The word here, serve, comes from the Hebrew word abad, which means worship and service, both. Abad. Hebrew word abad. Let us save ourselves from this untoward generation and let us serve our Lord Jesus Christ. That is the reason why, let's turn to Matthew chapter 4. This is Completely from the demonic realm. These kinds of doctrines which take you away from God is completely from Satan. That is the reason why it says the wisdom is what? Earthly, it is sensual and it is demonic. It is come. It is coming right from the pits of hell and we have to recognize that. Because it's that's, that, that's, what it, that's the reason why it says, you don't have to turn there, First Peter chapter 4 says, In the last days, people will stray from the faith, giving heed to deceiving spirits and doctrines of demons, speaking lies in what? Hypocrisy! And having their conscience seared. You understand what I'm talking about, my dear brothers and sisters? This is so important! So, so Matthew chapter four. What is? What are they? What are they showing? What are the false prophets showing? It is exactly what the, what is coming from the from the pits of hell. Matthew chapter four was eight onwards, eight to eleven. Matthew chapter four was eight to eleven. Look at what it says. Again, the devil took him on an exceedingly high mountain and showed him all the kingdoms of the world and their glory. You see that? <laughs> what did I say? Who is your God? What is your glory? Where is your mindset? Yes, in that, see how dangerous this is? Demonic doctrine right from the pits of hell. Who is your God? What is your glory? And 
he showed him all the kingdoms of this world now and like and it's and it's glory but you cannot this is a son of god one day the kingdoms of this world is going to become the kingdoms of our lord and savior jesus christ and all the glory of this world is just going to be bashed into pieces it's going to burn so what are they leading us into like pastor says there is one called as law there is one called as license what are they leading us into galatians chapter 4 verse 8 to 11 this is matthew chapter 4 verse 8 to 11 and and you know jesus answers he says it is written thou shall worship the lord your god and serve him only right look look at what it says but then look at this indeed when you did not know god you served those which by nature are not gods see there is one god and there are gods let me tell you something here oh israel the lord your god is one and that is the god which can give you ultimate satisfaction if you try to find satisfaction in any other thing it's like all in one who's all in one jesus we sing that song now you are the strength you are my all in all yeah that's true i hope we mean what mean what it means by all in all for example i want ultimate satisfaction in my work you work for me you will be you will be ultimately satisfied no it's like yesterday we, uh, we were looking at the life of apostle paul acts chapter 10 he says paul was involved in the word of god i mean that used to give him the ultimate satisfaction because he was working for god that is his god 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 was his god and he was serving him and if you do not serve god then you have to be having several other gods in order to satisfy you so god's of pleasure god of pleasure god of finances god of education so when you send your children to china not china chaitanya narayana on sunday instead of church you are worshiping the goddess dash but not god who are the dashes ah okay and the they said we do dash putrudara telsa kada nik who are the dashes because now we cannot say anything no on we are online hmm that is your that is your god <laughs> okay beauty is your god cosmetics see cosmetics mein the word cosmos means order out of chaos it is only one person who can bring order out of your chaos otherwise you need cosmetics i think the word cosmetic comes from the word cosmos order out of chaos <laughs> order out of whatever chaos you have created here for yourself <laughs> this surgery plastic surgery this surgery no surgery my goodness how much people spend on external looks 
they are not gods. By nature, they are not gods. You know, you can, like Pastor was saying, you know, this glory is going to fade away. Fade away. But ultimate industry is a cosmetic industry. You know that? So much of money people spend on cosmetics. By nature, not gods. How much money people spend on perfumes? To get rid of their B.O. See? But now, look at what he says. Verse 9. But now, after you have known God, or rather are known by God, wow, this is actual Christianity, where you just not only know God, you are also known by God. It is just not that you know Prime Minister Modi. Prime Minister Modi knows you. That is a, that's a see difference between the two. Everybody knows Prime Minister Modi. That, but does he know you? That is the important thing. That is the game changer. Nako IG delso. IG knew delsa. Everybody can claim, no? You are going on the roads and the traffic police stops you. Nowadays, if you do that, they'll they'll give you two more extra, okay? <laughs> and later they'll sell sorry also. <laughs> okay, okay, that is that is besides the point. The point here is this: you have known God, and you are also known by God. That is the reason why it says the Lord knows who are just. The Lord knows those who are His. It says in Second Timothy chapter chapter two, verse nineteen. Let the Lord, the Lord knows those who are is, but let everyone who names the name of the Lord depart from iniquity. Depart from iniquity. So, but not having, now after having known God, or rather known by God, how is it that you turn again to the weak and beggarly elements to which you desire again to go? This word elements has two other renderings in the Greek. It means elements, means elements, also principles, first principles. One man of God in his study, I will tell you the name of the man of God later, he in his study on the book of Galatians talks about those things. Elements, principles. You know, some people have principles as their God. What is their principle? Greenpeace. Or Blue, blue Cross. Huh? Madam Akinani. Dog is the God there. D-O-G is G-O-D. That's what some dogs are talking to themselves these days. You know that WhatsApp thing, no? Where are all the men? Have the municipality taken them? They're all gone. <laughs> Instead of we being taken. <laughs> That's exactly what has happened. And it's it's a it's a fantastic thing, no? The principle it's blue cross. I mean, you we, we talk about blue cross in Hyderabad. You should see the West. The West they ride their wheel to their dog. They they ride their wheel to a python. Python is a pet. It's unbelievable how things have changed. You know why? Because you have taken away your eyes from the real God. Now you make every God into an image now. Creeping things. Beasts. Men. 
Because you have exchanged the truth of God for a lie and worshipped and served the creator, creature rather than the creator who is blessed forever. Amen. Says Peter, says Paul. What are you turning back? You are turning back to those weak and beggarly elements, principles. For example, feminism is a principle. For what? Okay, you liberate all the, all the women. And they end up in hell. So what have you liberated them from? You've led them to bondage. We have to alleviate people, people from poverty. Fantastic. Okay. So that's the principle. And people give their lives to principles which do not profit. Principles. And other, other translation is elements. What are elements? Elements with which, you know, all these things are made. Things. And Peter talks about the same thing. He says, when the Jesus comes, the elements will burn with a fervent heat. Whatever you put your trust in on this world will burn at his appearing. At the brightest of his coming. It's going to burn. Movie theaters will burn. That's it. Think about every time you go and walk on the roads. And look at all the malls. They will burn. That is the reason why he says, consider what their latter and will be. Do you know where you're going? You know, you, where you're going is determined by these four things. Who is your God? What is your glory? What is your mindset? And therefore your destination. What have they done? They've taken your mind off. And religion could be a principle. Albeit Christianity. It could be. But, I mean, you do a lot of good works. He says, you know, uh, this guy, uh, in Ecclesiastes, Solomon says, I have given myself for righteous causes. But under the sun, what is the whole point of being righteous? The, the fellow who is wicked is going to, going to the grave. The fellow who is righteous is going, is going to the grave. There is no meaning in righteousness under the sun. And there is no meaning of of wisdom under the sun. There is no meaning of foolishness under the sun. There is no meaning of riches under the sun. Everybody is ending up in the grave. So what's the whole point? You know why? Because you have taken your eyes off God and you have put your eyes on temporal things and you are only looking at life now. Grave. At, at grave, your life stops. You know what God says? At grave, your actual life begins. And what have the false prophets done? They have taken you away, your focus away from this, this, the, the kingdoms or the principles of the kingdoms of God into the principles of beggarly elements. And look at what he says, the beggarly elements, and he defines a few beggarly elements. You observe days and months. Beggarly! If Lent has no meaning, if you do not have your focus on God, Okay, you practice abstinence during Lent, but after Lent is over, you have gone back to your old ways. So it's the whole point of Lent. For me, Christmas is every day. Like, like pastor said, 365 days. Christmas. 365 days. Resurrection Sunday. I live in the reality of both. There's no one day for me. Is what our attitude should be. What are you doing? You observe days, months and seasons. I am afraid of you. Lest I have labored for you in many, tells the Galatian church. What's the whole point? You've gone back to those beggarly elements. And he calls law the beggarly element. Because at the core of the law is that, you know what? Their glory is 
what will my, my brother think about me? That's exactly what happened to Peter, right? When fall, when brethren came from Jerusalem church to Antioch, slowly he withdrew from the Gentile believers and Apostle Paul confronted him to his face and he says, you being a Jew are living like a Gentile. Why are you forcing Gentiles to live like Jews? Don't we know that both Jews and Gentiles are justified by faith alone? You're not l- walking in line of the gospel, according to the gospel. Your lines are going going away. Say, uh, uh, Peter, you know why? Because you're being carried away by hypocrisy, by lies, by deception, because you're looking for glory from your brothers in your church in Antioch. What will they think about me? What will they think? I told you, right? Your God, your glory, your mindset. Three things. So let's go back to uh, Deuteronomy chapter 13 and verse 2 and 3. It says, and the sign and the wonder comes to pass of which you of which which he spoke, saying, "It's amazing." The sign and the wonder comes to pass, saying, "Boy, let us go after other gods whom you have not known." You can see the point is this: they don't know you; you don't know them. In our case, we have a relationship with God. He says, "Every other god that you try to worship, you cannot have a relationship, a meaningful relationship with that person." Or that God. Do you think we can have a meaningful relationship with our career? Think about it. Huh. I mean, see, it's very interesting, right? Directors in their prime. After that, the prime is over, they're all gone. They've faded away. Nobody even looks at them. Except for Amitabh Bachchan, who is going to, who's looking for it? all the old actors. They're all haggard and they've become bulky now. And uh, I don't know why people still, how can people still watch Shiro? I don't know. Megastar. I mean, I, now it's a, it's a torture for me to even see him acting. He's all overacting only. He's gone, he's funny, just fade off and go and do something else, no? Still they want to be in the limelight, they want to do character roles. See, because their eye is there. Go after the gods. Let us serve them. That is the quintessence of a false gospel. Other gods and whatever that God is. Things, principles, basic, fundamental, basic, rudimentary principles of this world. What are the fundamental principles of this world? World system. What is it? Money. Pleasure. Money, pleasure. These two things. Unlimited money, unlimited pleasure. And everybody is after that. That is the reason why movie was called a poor man's entertainment. Those days. Nail a ticket. Five rupees. We work through the week. Run for the movie. Why? Pleasure. We are working for pleasure. That's what in the, in the West, no? Thank God it's Friday. Oh, I worked hard through the week. Nobody is going to disturb me during the weekend. It's my life. Don't care. I, you Don't ask me what is happening in my personal life, okay? You want your results? You'll get your results. How I live is not your headache. Companies are okay with it. Oh my God, give, me your, give me the results. What do you do is nothing for us. See, rudimentary principles of this world. 
Let's go to the next verse. And look at what it says. You shall not listen to the words of the prophet or the dreamer of dreams for the Lord God. Your God is what? Ah. You see, every time you listen to a sermon is a test for you. You listen to any person on the internet is a test for you. It's a test. Whom you listen to consistently over a base, over a, over a, over a consistent period of time is a test of your heart. Do you understand that? Because ultimately, you will go and search for teachers after your own heart. Who will titillate your ears. So the time is coming where People will not endure doctrine. But why should you endure, endure sound doctrine? Why Why should you endure, endure sound doctrine? Simply because sound doctrine keeps on challenging you to change. Right? That's what sound doctrine does. If, if I'm telling you something, and if, I'm con- if, if it's confronting you, it's convicting you, it's not condemning you. You shall know the truth, and the truth shall set you free. And the more you obey, the more free you are. And what is what is doctrine doing? Constantly keep changing. Okay, this is not right in your life. This is your value system. You love money too much. You love your wife more than you love God. You love your your elders you more than you love God. You love your church maybe more than you love God. You love Isaac more than you love God. Constantly God is checking. you. What is he checking? Look at what he says. For the Lord your God is testing you to know what? Whether you will Love the Lord your God with all of your heart, with all of your soul. Whether God is the center of your life or not. That is the reason why he tells the efficient church, repent because you have fallen away from your first love. Now you are doing a lot of things. It has occupied your time. But you know one thing in your life? You don't love me. The way you used to love me. Remember the kindness of your youth. The love of thine espousals. When you went after me in the wilderness, in a land that was not sown, Israel was holiness to me. And all who offended me, I destroyed them. The first love, Tali Prema. So ultimately it is love. Whether we love God with all of our heart. We mean, we say we, we need God. Lord, I need you. Oh, I need you. Every hour I need you. How much, how about saying, Lord, I love you. Oh, Allah, I love you. We need God, but do we love God? That's a difference. Okay. That is a difference. He says, you shall not listen to the words of the prophet or the dreamer of dreams for that for the lord your god is testing you to know whether you love the god your with all of your heart with all of your soul and etc and then what happens was for you shall ah kya baat hai i say we shall walk after the lord you shall fear him keep him keep his commandments obey his voice serve him and then Hold fast, cling to him. Five things he says you need to do. You should walk, fear, keep, obey, serve, hold fast. Six things. What is that? You obey his previous verse. Obey his voice. It is just not his word. 
Turn with me to first first Samuel chapter fifteen. And verse, um, uh, excuse me, uh, yeah, just a minute, please. Uh, yeah, was 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 uh, twenty? Yes. <laughs> and Saul said to Samuel, "I have obeyed the voice of the Lord and gone on the mission on which you sent me and brought back Agag, the king of Amalekites. I have utterly destroyed them. Now look at what God says. Verse uh, uh, 20? Oh yeah, 22, yes. 22 onwards, yeah. Uh, uh, 22, uh, 20, uh, 22 and 23, yes. It says, Samuel said, has the Lord great delight in burnt offerings and sacrifices as in obeying the voice of the Lord? Behold, is obey to better is better than sacrifice and to heed uh, than the fat of rams. And then, for rebellion is a sin of witchcraft, stubbornness is iniquity, idolatry, because you have rejected the word. Word of God has got a voice. Okay. There's a letter. There's a spirit. Letter only do, does the first mile. Spirit takes you the second mile. Letter only looks at what is needed. Spirit looks at what is God's art. David obeyed or fulfilled God's purpose. You know, Telugu it is Uddesam. Uddesam means intention in his generations. David fulfilled God's intention in his generations and he rested after his fathers and therefore he's called the man after God's own heart. That is the reason why he is a Jew who is one inwardly circumcision is a matter of the heart of the spirit whose glory is from God and not from men. You see, I told you right, God, glory, mindset. And therefore, destination. What is happening? He says, you are actually rebelling. Where are you doing? What are you doing? It is as witchcraft. And he says, what are you talking about, Samuel? Witchcraft? Ultimately, you know where he's ending up with? The witch at Endor. The diviner. That's his destination. On a Philistine's wall. So what do you do with the prophet, therefore? <laughs> Look at what it says. It's very tough. Deuteronomy chapter 13. Okay, next verse. Verse 5. But that prophet or that dreamer of dreams shall be put to death. Meaning what? Silence his voice from your life. We don't go personally and kill all the prophets. Now, in the new covenant, we refuse to take their counsel. We cut off their voices from our lives. Let me tell you something. This is very, very important. Why? Because you say, because he has spoken in order to turn you away. You know the word? To incite rebellion, it says in NIV. You don't have to turn there. To incite rebellion. Turn to Jude. Hmm. We looked at that yesterday. Jude 1 and verse uh, 11. Woe to them, for they have gone in the way of Cain, run greedily in the error of Balaam for profit, and perished in the rebellion of Korah. Inside rebellion. 
That is the reason why Paul says, take heed of those people who incite rebellion in your congregation. And whenever you see, it says, Korah and Datan and Amiram took men, it says. What do they do? Took men. Why, you, why should you take men? Huh? Because you, you, you can't stand alone. You need a bunch of fellows to justify your rebellion. So whoever rebels, actually he will never take anybody. He will not go down by himself. He will take people along with him. So down. That is the reason why when Satan incited rebellion, he took one third of the angels down with him. He managed to deceive one third. Very dangerous. See, these are very, very dangerous because our eternal destiny is at stake. Now think about it. Does any, do all these guys who incite rebellion, do they, are they accountable for your soul? Okay, fine, you, you left. Where are you gonna go now? Where are you gonna go? What is your latter end? Where, where, where will you end up? Have you ever considered that? Who's going to give an account for your soul? Isn't it interesting that um, there are two trees. Both are called fig trees. One tree, one tree is on the road. Jesus comes to that tree. It's, look, it's looking green. And he says, okay, this is a very nice looking green tree. Where is the fruit? No fruit. What does he do? Curses. Immediately gone. There's another fig tree. After three years, he comes looking for fruit. And he says, pull it down. And immediately there was one guy who stops him and he says, Master, 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 one more year, Master. Is there a man in your life who can plead for you like that? Or a woman? Or a shepherd? Who can guard you? Like the way Moses guarded people of Israel. Lord, 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 forgive, Lord, forgive. One Moses stopped so much of the wrath of God. And what is he called? He's called the shepherd of Israel. And he says, when he's praying for, praying to God, he says, Lord, give, give, give Israel a shepherd so that they will not be scattered without, as like sheep without a shepherd. And God gives him Joshua. Who is accountable to your soul? And people who inside rebellion just leave, but where are they gone? Okay, fine. Uh, you, you also come along with me, Ray. Okay. Where are we going now? I don't know. Who's going to feed us? We don't know. Who will be accountable for our souls? I don't know. Prime targets for deception. It's like fish out of water. Gone. Okay. So, let's go back now to Deuteronomy chapter 13. Okay. Was. Yeah, verse uh, 6. Verse 6. Okay, no, no, not before I go to verse 6. Yeah, let's go to verse 6. No. This is the second category of failure. First category will be a prophet. Okay, who will try to stray you away. If your brother, the son of your mother, your son or your daughter, the wife of your bosom, your friend. How many people are there? Brother? Son, daughter, wife, friend. What do they do? Secretly entice you. (laughs) That fellow comes, shows you a sign and a wonder. And what is the essence of the sign and a wonder? Let us have what are the other gods. These people come 
secretly entice you. Now there are two categories of people over here. First is brothers within the church. We call them false brothers. Jude, we looked at that yesterday. Verse 4. What does it say? For certain men have crept in unnoticed. <laughs> the secret. It is like because it's like a snakish spirit. Pharisaical spirit is that's the reason why Jesus calls them what? You brood of vipers. You know, it's not a viper. Brood of vipers. Have you seen vipers? Uh, the other day I was I uh, was looking at uh, uh, a Russell's viper came into our came into our home the other day, a few two weeks back. Of the Russell's viper. Okay, uh, my landlord called uh, the snake catcher and they caught it. Our fellow was doing a lot of things. No, then I was a little put up. Right in my home, there is a snake, a Russell's viper. It's not a very pleasant thing to think about, no? So I went online, I said, Russell's viper and, uh, you know, and then what does it do? It's, 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 uh, it's characteristics, etc. When it lays eggs, it lays by the dozens. One Russell's viper can lay 36 eggs at one time. Okay. 30, 36, that means 3 dozen eggs. And incredibly fertile they are. That's what Pastor was saying, no? Prophets can be one, false prophet breed by the dozens. And I looked at that, okay? 30, no, sir, that was in that animal institution in, in Bombay. So, uh, that, that scientist was saying, the mother and the children are doing very well. Thank you. I said, thank you. <laughs> that is not very pleasant. How many vipers are there? 36 vipers. And then I saw it. I said, Bleh. 36 poisonous snakes. And what are they doing? Protecting them. Conserving them. We are animal conservists. Secretly they come. And you know what Jesus says? He calls them, you viper, doesn't say. You are a brood of vipers. You multiply by the dozens. And your brood is what gives you strength. I am not a viper, I can stand by myself. With what authority do you do these things? I will also ask you a question. The baptism of John. Was it from God or was it from man? All vipers come together. <laughs> Discussion. Hello. John Piper does this, okay? <laughs> he says, if we say it is from heaven, he'll ask us why we didn't believe him then. If he says he's from man, all of them think that he's a prophet, the people will stone us. See that deception? We will tell him one answer. All of us, one answer. Okay. Only one. Single mind. We don't know. One fellow comes up. We don't know. <laughs> Amazing. And Jesus says, I will also not tell you. And after that, he sends one pronouncement over their God. And he says, okay, I'll ask you one more question. 
He says, Psalm 110. In Psalm 110. In Psalm 110, David says, The Lord said to my Lord. Who is the Messiah? The son of David. If David in the spirit called Lord, him Lord, the Messiah, how is he his son? After that, nobody asks him any more questions. Finished. All voices silent. Full stop. You know why? Truth doesn't need any support. And wipers always breed wipers. And they breed by the dozens. 32, 36 eggs they laid one time. They are very fertile. That is what he is saying. He says, certain men have... It is not one man. Men have crept in unawares. It is both... What are they doing? They are changing the grace of God into license to sin. Now this is on one side of, of, of the of the of the spectrum where they're taking you away from the straight and narrow path onto fleshly worldly things. Turn to Galatians chapter two now. <clears throat> are you there? Turn chapter two and verse one to four. Look at this. Galatians chapter 2 verses 1 to 4. 1 to 5 actually. Then after 14 years, I went up to Jerusalem. I told you, the entire book of Jerusalem is a tale of two visits. Not T-A-I-L. It's T-A-L-E. A story of two visits. Paul's visit to Jerusalem church and Peter's visit to Antioch church. Paul did not mess up. Peter messed up. That's the story. And the whole whole book of Galatians is 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 essentially uh, 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 expansion of what has happened here. Now we look at what he says. Then after fourteen years, I went up again to Jerusalem with Barnabas and also took Titus with me. Barnabas is Jewish, Titus is Greek, and I went up by revelation and communicated to them that gospel which I preach among the Gentiles, but privately to those who are of reputation, lest by any means I might run, or I had run in vain. It's like saying, you know what, this is what I preach to the preach to the Gentiles. Uh, okay, subject my, uh, subjecting myself to peer review. And everybody looked at it and said, look at what it says. And look at what it says. Verse first. Yet not even Titus who was with me, being a Greek, was compelled to be circumcised. But look at this now. Verse 4. And this un- occurred because false brother Gadu. Ah, false brethren secretly, again, again crept in secretly, secretly brought in. Oh, who came in by stealth to spy out our liberty in which we have Christ Jesus, that they, they might bring us into bondage. And then look, look at verse 4. To whom we did not even yield submission even for an hour, that the truth of the gospel might Continue with you. You know what he says? I was so zealous. I did not even allow them to say anything. You know why I understood those fellows. Paul is enough. One guy is enough. And what do you need? False brethren. What do they want to do? Take you back to the law. You see, you have brethren on this side and you have brethren on that side. And they always come in groups. One man is enough. But those fellows, they cannot survive without groups. You know why? Because their numbers gives them justification. See, how many people are there in my ministry? How can you say that I am a false gospel? I am a false teacher? 
Jesus had only 11. Paul, at the end of his life, the entire church in Asia forsook him. And he had only one brother following him. Timothy was somewhere else. Titus was somewhere else. Luke was there with him. Only Luke was there. He says, please ask Mark to come. Timothy, you also come. Bring in my cloak and my parchments. But then he says, look at what it says. But verse verse 11 of Galatians chapter 2. Look at this. <laughs> and now, 11 onwards, okay? 11 onwards. Now when Peter had come to Antioch, I withstood him to his face because he was to be blamed. Why? For before certain, again, see that, men. You see that? It is not just one. I told you, a brood of vipers. Certain men came from James, he would eat with the Gentiles, but when they came, he withdrew, separated himself, fearing those who were of the circumcision party. You see, how dangerous this is, no? Right there in the first century church, there was a, there was a, there was almost Satan entering into that chamber where Peter, he could have deceived Peter. And I was, I was, I asked pastor, can you imagine if Paul wouldn't have confronted Peter? Okay, first thing, he would have said, oh, how can I confront Peter? Oh, he's a senior apostle. I'm just a junior. No, 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 no. He just withstood him to his face. On the other hand, if Peter would have gotten, gotten offended, what would have happened? First Peter, second Peter is not there. Peter will be history. You see? He says, he would, and then look at what it says in the next verse. And the rest of the Jews also played the hypocrite with him so that even Barnabas and then he says, when I saw, you see one man? One man. You see, that is the reason why we need that one guy, you know, God is always looking for one man. He's looking for one Phineas. He's looking for one Aaron. He's looking for one Paul. He's looking for one Timothy. He's looking for one Elisha. Who will stand in the gap and stay. Because I, as, like, like pastor was saying, I completely agree with him. You cannot bring genuine shepherds and pastors and prophets and apostles out of the assembly line. They are not made in a day. They are, they are, they are, they are, they are, they are uh, literally, uh, Psalm 6 verse 12. Psalm 12 verse 6, sorry, not 6, uh, 12, 6 verse 12. Psalm 12 verse 6. Psalm 12 verse 6. The words of the Lord are, Pure words like silver tried in the furnace, purified seven. You, how many times you should be purified? Seven times. Elijah, Elijah, after he hears from God and he proclaims, thus says the Lord, before my word comes to pass, there will not be any rain. And he is hiding where? At chariot. What does chariot mean? Cutting. After that, God says he moves him to Sarephath. What does Sarephath mean? Means furnace. And after he finishes his episode in 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 in, in Sarifat, turn to First uh, Kings. First Kings, chapter eighteen. First Kings, chapter eighteen. Just uh, let me give you that verse, okay? First uh, Kings, chapter eighteen, and verse. Uh, um, yeah. Uh, oh, sorry, not 18, chapter 17, 17. First Kings chapter 17, verse 23 and 24. First Kings chapter 17, uh, 17, verses 23 and 24. Okay, so what does it say? 
And Elijah took the child, brought him down from the upper room into the house and gave him to his mother. And Elijah said, see, your son lives. Then the woman said to Elijah, now by this I know that you are a man of God, that the word of the Lord in your mouth is what? It is not that the word of the Lord is truth. The word of the Lord in your mouth is truth. Everybody can speak the word of the Lord. Nobody can deceive you unless until he's speaking the word of the Lord. That is the reason why you should, whenever you're following any following anybody, that's what he says. Paul tells Timothy. But you seen Second Timothy chapter three verse ten. We looked at that yesterday. Second Timothy chapter three verse ten. Onwards. But you have carefully followed my doctrine. That is what my words. My manner of life. Second. My purpose. My faith, my long-suffering, my love, my perseverance, my persecutions, my afflictions. So many things are accompanying his doctrine. My goodness, enduring. That is the reason why the word of God in Paul's mouth is true. And God says, Baba, your mouth is so true. You write scripture. And I will not... I will not contradict it. Whatever you say is the word of God. The word of the Lord in your mouth, Paul, is truth. The word of the Lord in your mouth, Elijah, is truth. You know why? Because he's come through cutting away of the flesh. He's come through the furnace of affliction. And that he was purified and now he's ready to go to Carmel to confront the 850 prophets of Baal. Rather, 450 prophets of Baal. One false, one prophet. One prophet. And to make that one prophet, and you know what? All of us, we have to long to be that one man long. Because God is interested in the individuals. He who has ears, let him hear. So he's speaking to the churches, and he's also speaking to the individuals. And he wants individuals. And therefore, if you're going through afflictions and trials, praise God. God is bringing you. And if you've come through those afflictions, and you've stayed that course, on that straight and narrow path, my God, you are, you are approved of God. And God has a stamp over your life. And he says, listen to him. He speaks my words. You want that, right? What is the whole point otherwise? What's the whole purpose of the ministry then? If God does not approve us, we just might as well shut everything and go home. That's the reason why Paul says, if I seek the approval of men, I should not be a servant of Christ. Do I now try to seek men? Uh, seek men's approval of God or God's? He's, he's very clear who is his God. He is very clear what is his glory. And therefore he is very clear how he is thinking. Because he wants to end up on the other side. And therefore he says, I will beat my body to subjection. For after having preached to others, I myself should not be disqualified. Boy, I want to stay in that straight and narrow path. Because you know what? Certain brothers have crept in unawares. So they are brothers of Tukan. The brothers who are of the spirit, hmm, so called. And the brothers who are of the flesh, they are also a problem. <laughs> one is one is doctrine, the other is sentiment. Okay, <laughs> turn to <laughs> turn to Luke's Gospel chapter eleven. No, look at look at how Jesus fights sentiment. Okay, Luke's Gospel chapter eleven, verse twenty-seven and twenty-eight. Hmm? <laughs> 
<laughs> Look at this, verse 27. And it happened as he spoke these, thi- these things, that a certain woman from the crowd raised her voice and said to him, Blessed is the womb that bore you and the breast that which nursed you. <laughs> Boy. Are ninnu kanna thalli, dhanyuralra nanna. Ninnu kanna thalli dhanyuralra abbo dhanyulu. You know what Jesus said immediately? Anta sentiment avasra nana nanna. But he said, more than that, blessed are those who hear the word of God and keep it. He's not saying, my mother is not blessed. No, 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 no. He's not saying that. See, see, don't, don't misunderstand Jesus. Jesus is saying, yes, my mother is blessed for sure. She bore the son of God. She bore God herself. We sing that song. Mary, did you know? When you kiss the, kiss the face of your baby, you're kissing the face of God. Boy, it's a, it's a real powerful lyrics. Yes, she's blessed. No question about it. And even her, her own, um, uh, sister-in-law or other, Sister-in-law or somebody, relatives say, you are blessed of all the people. The mother of my Lord has come to visit me, etc., etc. She is blessed. No, no, not, not denying that at all. But Jesus says, more than that. More than that. Are blessed are those who hear the word. Why? Because in these last days there will be a famine, not of food, but a famine of, famine of what? Of hearing of the words of God. And if you have these sentimental feelings, what will happen to you? If you have sentimental attachments, what will happen to you? It's not that you don't love your parents or you don't love your, uh, your, your, your children or your, uh, or your, or your wife or your, or your family. No, 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 no. You love God more. And sometimes people think that by appeasing them, you are loving them. No, you are loving them if you stray, stay on that straight and narrow path, then you are loving them. They might misunderstand you, but God is working in them too. God is working in them. And if you compromise, God will stop working in their lives. Do you love them more? Will you, will you risk being misunderstood? By your wife? By your children? Will you risk being misunderstood by your friends? In fact, if you have more friends after you have become a believer, boy, I need to question you. Because your number of friends will reduce. Because the friends also is included in that list. In Deuteronomy chapter 13 verse 6. Right? Turn there. Look at what it says. If your brother, the son of your mother, your son, your daughter, wife of your bosom or your friend. In fact, friends are more dangerous. You will risk being misunderstood by wife to stay with your friends, right? Are kunjam friends to time After I've come, all my freedoms are gone. Let me just go and have a party once in a while. But you know what happens the moment you become a believer? Your friends will slowly start going away from you. For sure. Without a doubt. Unless and until they are attacked to your Jesus. If they are not attacked to your Jesus. And your Jesus that you are worshipping is not confronting them and offending them. I do not know which Jesus you are worshipping actually. Telling you. You will have very few people. Around you. You will have only one Jonathan. David didn't have Jonathans. He had only one Jonathan. 
And blessed is a man who has a wife who will support you and not pull you down. You know why? Secretly they will entice you. <laughs> and their essence is, let us serve other gods. And they might misunderstand you. Look at how they misunderstood Jesus. Mark's Gospel chapter 3 verses 19 to 21. Mark's Gospel chapter 3 verses 19 to 21. And Judas Iscariot who also betrayed him. And they went into a house. Then multitude came together again so that they could not so much as eat bread. And next verse. But when his own people heard about this, they went out to lay hold of him for they said he is out of there. He's out of his mind. He's out of, he's crazy. Like Jesus' mother was saying, he's gone crazy, he's mad. Like, <laughs> I think, uh, uh, Felix or somebody, no? Who's that? Huh? Felix is, Paul, not Felix, Agri- Agrippa. Agrippa and that guy, no? He says, Paul, much learning has made you mad. You're convincing me to become a Christian. <laughs> so quickly, almost. <laughs> uh, you're crazy. Who's calling you mad? Can you imagine calling the creator of the universe, you're out of your mind? That is how you need to look at it. Basically, a blasphemous word. God is working, he's out of his mind. Can, if God is out of his mind, your existence is gone. Because he holds everything by the word of his power. He's upholding everything like that. And just imagine if he says, I'm out of my mind, let me play a little bit. Hide and seek. You know, that's the reason that David said, Lord, don't hide your face from me, please. A little moment if you're hiding your face from me, I'm going crazy. Please, Lord, please, please. Sentiments. Are you forgotten? You forgot us, Ray? Forgot us, Ray? That is Hyderabad. In there, I produced it. Bible, 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 Bible. Church, church, church. In there, picture, I don't know. It's got the mark. That is how, that is how they say, you're out of your mind. You're too much. <laughs> In other words, be at our level, okay? Worship our gods. See, sentiments have this power to secretly take you away. Before, before you know it, you are fallen at their level. That is the reason why. <laughs> Jeremiah is saying, Lord, what is this, Lord? Lord, Lord, You should not be influenced by them. They, sh- You should influence them. It's always them and one Jeremiah. Okay? <laughs> Out of his mind. Sentiments. Sentiments ke liye place nahi hai. Or they will say, why should you Take success such a difficult route. Why? What is this? 
Slow, narrow path. Nobody knows you. How many people know you? How many people in your congregation? How many people in your school? The constant question. How many people in your school? 15, 14. You don't want more. You don't want more. They are surprised. Because we reject admissions. Some people say, How come you are rejecting us? Because we don't want you. Simply because we don't know you. It's not that we are better than you, but our focus is God. And we are afraid that you will move away from our vision. Move us away from our vision and we will, you will ask, to, ask us to conform your vision. Your vision is your vision, my vision, my vision is my vision. God has shown me our path, I am going to stick to it. If you are going to come alongside and help me along that path, you are welcome. Choose your friends wisely. <laughs> Huh? Choose your friends wisely. He's out of his mind. John's Gospel chapter 7. Look at what it says. <coughs> quickly finish this, okay? 7 verse 1 onwards. 1 to 9, 1 to 9, okay? Just keep reading it. After these things, Jesus walked in Galilee. For he did not want to walk in Judea because Jews sought to kill him. Okay, next verse. Now the Jews' feast of tabernacles was at hand. His brothers therefore said to him, depart from here and go into Judea. Okay, in the previous verse 3. For, depart from here and go to Judea that your disciples also may see the works that you are doing. For no one does anything in secret while he himself seeks to be known openly. If you do these things, show yourselves to the world. See, who is this? Secret deceptive doctrines. Why do you want the success so slow? You are going through a problem. Oh, you are in the ministry. Do you want some money? I don't. How are you managing? I am managing. Why are you taking this trajectory? Send some advertisement somewhere so that you can get some funding. No. You see? Because everybody is after a particular glory. It is God glory mindset all the time, my dear brothers and sisters. God glory mindset. And that comes through different trajectories, through different people. Let's go to the next verse. For even his brothers did not believe. And Jesus says, Jesus said to him, my time has not yet come, but your time is always ready. See, I do according to God's timing. For me, even seconds matter. Because immediately he says that the next, next moment he goes. Because that was God's time. It could be the very next second. Are you did it right? But it was God's time. At this moment, it is not God's time. It's not God's time. In fact, uh, they have no wine. Woman, what has that got to do with me? My time is not yet come. Why did he say that my time is not yet come? I mean, there could be several reasons. My time to do this miracle has not yet come because God has not spoken to me yet. But the very moment, next moment, uh, he does the miracle. So maybe that may not be the correct interpretation. Maybe he's saying my time to get married is not yet come. I'm waiting for my bride. This is not my bride. 
Why, 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 why did he say that? Because after he does a lot of miracles, it says that many believers, Jewish people believed in him when they saw the, what? Science. But did Jesus entrust himself to them? No way. No way. No, 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 no. No. My time is not yet come. My bride is not yet ready. <laughs> why is my time, my time is not, not yet come? Because my bride is not yet ready. Turn to Jeremiah. Chapter 23 and verse 6. Are we there? It says, In his days, Judah will be saved. Who's that? His? Jesus' days. Okay? Will be saved and Israel will dwell safely. Now, this is whose name? His name by which he will be called the Lord our righteousness. Everybody got that? Everybody got that? Now turn to Jeremiah chapter 33 and verse 16. In those days, Judah will be saved and Jerusalem will dwell in safety and this is the name by which she will be called. <laughs> the Lord our righteousness. So he's telling, you know what? I want to be their righteousness, but I'm waiting for their confession. I'm waiting for my bride. He will be called the Lord of our righteousness. Will the bride confess? Yes, she is my, he's my righteousness. What does that righteousness mean? You complete me. Jesus. You are my glory. You are my God. You are always in my mind. I love you with all of my heart, with all of my soul, with all of my strength and with all of my mind. You are, you are mine and I am yours. Your time is already here. My time has not yet come. Hell, for a lot of people, their time has already come for marriage. Why? Either two things, parental pressure or pressure from friends or biological pressure. They don't wait for God's timing. That is just an aside. Food for thought. What says thou? So what should you do with your brother? Turn to chapter 13. If your brother, the son of your mother, etc. Let us go and serve other gods which you have not known, neither you or your fathers of the gods of the people which are around you. Conform to these gods. Near to you or far? From one end of the earth to the other end of the earth. Oh, there are so many gods. I told you, no? They are elements, they are principles. But there is only one God who actually holds the elements together. And instead of worshipping that God, you are worshipping the elements. <laughs> <laughs> it's amazing, no? How foolish we are. <laughs> Instead of worshipping the creator, we worship the creature. Verse 8. You shall not consent to him or listen to him, nor shall you eye pit your eye pity him, nor shall you spare him or 
conceal him. That is exactly the reason why Paul confronts Peter to his face. This he says, boss, behavior, Peter. This is not acceptable. You are setting a wrong example. And if we do not nip it in the butt right now, this is just going to permeate in the church. You know why? A little leaven leavens the whole lump. Now think about it. The apostle who is supposed to set doctrine goes wrong. Can you imagine what would have happened to the church? The division would have taken that, that, that time itself. The person who is supposed to hear the words of God and give it to the churches. Right? That's exactly what we looked at yesterday, Revelation. John, the final apostle, receives the revelation from God and he gives it to the churches. The church was, they were supposed to be the pillars of the church. And what was going to happen? You shall not conceal. That is the reason why we need people who are close to us. You have to walk close. You have to earn people's trust. You cannot stay far away and just give some offhand statements. There is a relationship that is required in a church. A close relationship. By by living with Sam and Peter for a, for a period of 10 days, I know what their behavior patterns are. And then they also know what my behavioral patterns are. And hopefully we are not ashamed of each other. I said, hopefully. <laughs> and he says, look at what he says. You should not conceal him. What you shall do? You shall sh- kill him. This is what we call as a priesthood of Phineas. Your hand should be First against him. You put him to death. And afterward the hand of the people. That means you should be the leader. In other words, in every church, a man of the spirit should be the leader. And not the man of the flesh. And only he has the authority. Only he will have the revelation. Only he have the, will have the grace of God to teach others. Otherwise, no. If a man is compromised by his flesh, he has no authority to teach in the kingdom of God. Leviticus chapter 31. And verse 8 onwards. Oh, not Leviticus. Deuteronomy chapter. Sorry. Deuteronomy chapter 33 verse 8 onwards. Deuteronomy chapter 33 and verse 8 onwards. Yes. 33 verse 8 to 11. In fact, 33 verses 8 to 11. And this is Levi. Look at what it is. We are all Levites in the spirit. Okay. We are all the priesthood after the order of Levi. Okay. Not of, of course. Melchizedek, but the the principle here. And of Levi, he said, let your Thumim and your Urim, what is Thumim? Perfections, Urim, lights, revelation. Be with the Holy One. Be with your Holy One. Who is that Holy One over here? The Levite. Okay. Y, if you see, is in capitals. Holy One is in small. Your Holy One. That means he's he's a fellow who is separated totally unto you. All his fleshly, worldly attachments have been... He says, let your... To that person who is completely set apart. He is the Holy One of God. Am I the Holy One of God? He is the Holy One of God. Am I the Holy One of God? He is my righteousness. Am, Am I saying He is my righteousness? 
says, let your thummim and your urim be with your holy one, whom you tested at Masa. And you contended at the waters of Meribah. That means this guy dealt with contentions and arguments. He is completely in agreement with God. Masa means content, content, contentment, uh, contention. Or, and Meribah means argument. He has dealt, he has settled all his arguments. That means there is, there is only one way. The cross before me, the world behind me, no turning back. I am totally separated to God. That's what it means. Okay. To that fellow, the Urim and Thummim should always be there. Why? Next verse. Who says to his father and mother, Boah, I have not seen him. Look at that. Nor did he acknowledge his brothers or known his own children. See, the Levites had the spirit. The genuine Levites had the spirit. You see, genuine Levites had the spirit. Sons of Korah ran away from Korah. Genuine Levites, because they said, this, is, this fellow is not my father. You know why? I am separated to God. I am supposed to be the Levite after God's own heart. I am not going to be destroyed in the inside of rebellion. No, 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 no. Look at this. I have not seen them, nor did I, did he acknowledge his brothers or non, known his own children. Bah! For they have observed your word and kept the covenant, your covenant. What, what is the covenant? You are my righteousness. I am your righteousness, Lord. Yes, I mean, you are my righteousness. Confess that. You are my righteousness. He says, I am your righteousness. You said, yes, Lord, you are my righteousness. And verse 10, what do, what do they do? They shall teach Jacob your judgment and Israel your law. So the Jacob's have to be turned into Israel's. So what should you tell, tell Jacob? Judgments. Or should you teach Israel law so that he remains like Israel and not become like Jacob again? They shall put incense before you and a whole burnt sacrifice on your altar. Verse 11. Bless his substance, O Lord, and accept the work of his hands. Strike the lions of those who raise against him and of those who hate him, that they rise not again. Wow! <laughs> this is Levite. If you read that, you should go crazy only. You know why? Because he's your holy one God. You are just not his holy one. He is your holy one. Both of them have been separated and sanctified. First Peter chapter 1. Chapter 2. First Peter chapter 2. Verse 21 and 22. For to this you are called. Because Christ also has suffered for you, leaving an example that you should follow his footsteps who committed no sin, nor was deceit found in his mouth. Who is this? Holy one of Israel. Holy one of God. He is our holy one, right? And look at, turn to, turn to Revelation chapter 14, verses 3 onwards. 3 onwards, okay? They sang it, sang as it were a new song before the throne, before the four living creatures and the elders. And no one could learn that song except the 144,000 who were redeemed from the others. I, I think it's a significant, it's a number. These are the ones who were not defiled with women, for they are virgins. They are the ones who follow the Lamb wherever He goes. They, these were redeemed from among men, being the first fruits to God and to the Lamb. And in their mouth was found 
nor deceit. They are God's holy one. As he is their holy one. The bride of the lamb. That is the reason why blessed is the man whose transgression is forgiven. Whose iniquity is covered. Blessed is the man to whom the Lord does not impute a sin. Nor in whose spirit there is no guile. That is ultimately when we actually have apprehended the righteousness of God to ourselves. Appropriated rather. The righteousness of God to ourselves. Okay. Finally. Let's go back to Deuteronomy chapter 13. Verse 12. <sighs> Last, if you hear someone in, a, in one of your cities, which the Lord your God gives you to dwell in, saying, corrupt men, the word is sons of Belial, okay? Sons of Belial. Corrupt men have gone out from among you. From where have they gone out? From among you. One John will say, men have gone out from among you. Now, why did they go out of from among you? Because they did not belong to you. <laughs> that's that's exactly what it says in uh, uh, for one John. You, I, I forgot to put that one John chapter two. You don't have to turn there. They've gone out from among you. Spirit of the Antichrist. Corrupt men have gone out from among you and enticed the inhabitants of the city saying, let us, ultimately, it is all idea, their, their idea is this life now. This life now. Which you have not known. Look at what it says. Then you shall inquire. Search out. Ask diligently. And if it is indeed true and certain men that such an abomination has committed among you, you shall surely strike the inhabitants of that city with the edge of the sword, utterly destroying it, all that is in it and its livestock with the edge of the sword. Boy. And if, and you shall gather all its splendor into the middle of the street and completely burn with fire the city and all its splendor for the Lord your God, it, for the Lord your God, it shall be a heap forever. It shall not be built again. So none of the accursed things shall remain in your land. What is he saying? Okay, let's let's stop here. What is he saying? What is he saying? He's saying, if there will be anything inside your own life, for example, things which bring curses from God, Acts chapter 19, verse 11 onwards, 11 to, 9, 11 to 20. Now, God worked unusual miracles with the hands of Paul. Boy, what an amazing guy. Unusual miracles. This is not miracles. Unusual miracles. Okay? So that even the handkerchiefs or aprons were brought from him, his body, to the sick and the diseases left them. And diseases left them and the evil spirits went out of them. Then some of the itinerant Jewish exorcists. We have itinerant preachers. I like that. Itinerant Jewish exorcists. What are, how Holy Spirit has, uh, has seen the end of this. We will have itinerant preachers. They don't belong anywhere. From church to church to church to church to church. Which is your church? They don't know. Like Pastor was saying yesterday, ultimately if you are not a part of the church, how can God reveal you what is happening in the future? 
The revelation is to the angels, given to the angels of the churches who, who are in the hands of God. So that even the handkerchiefs or aprons were brought from his body to the sick. And then some itinerant Jewish houses took it upon themselves to call the name of the Lord Jesus over those who had evil spirits saying, we exercise you by the Jew, by the, by Jesus whom Paul preaches. Look at what happens. Also there were seven sons of Sceva, a Jewish chief priest who did so. And the evil spirit answered and said, Jesus I know, Paul I know, who are you? Then the man in whom the evil spirit was leaped upon them, overpowered them, prevailed against them, so that they were fled out of their house, naked and wounded. This became known both to all Jews and Greeks, dwelling in Ephesus. You see, certain men who do not belong to you, crept there and tried to do all kinds of nonsense. This became known both to Jews and Greeks dwelling in Ephesus and the fear of God fell upon them and the name of the of Jesus was magnified. Why? Because of one man. And the next verse. And many who had believed came confessing and telling their deeds. Also many of those who practiced magic brought their books together and burned it in the sight of all. And they counted it up. 19, verse 19. Verse 19. And they, and they counted up the value of them and it totaled 50,000 pieces of silver. So, what happened? The word of the Lord grew mightily and prevailed. You know why? They took all the blood. We don't wrestle against flesh and blood. We don't put the cruel people to death. We take the accursed things from out of our own lives which they entice us with. Could be movies. Could be books. Could be pieces of art. Could be, I don't know, whatever there is there in your house. Accursed things in your house. What is an accursed thing? Either it is devoted to God or it is devoted to destruction. Two things. If you take something which belongs to God and you keep it with you, it is accursed. If you keep something which God says you should not be a part of you, it is also accursed. So what did Achan do? He took something which belongs to God. See, they have to put the whole city to death. And what they had to supposed to do with the silver and the gold and the garments and everything, they have to give it to who? To the temple. To the God. To God. What did he do? He took something which belonged to God and kept it. Now question is, is there something in our lives that belongs to God and we are keeping it? We are not giving it off. called an accursed thing. Or some book or something, something through which demons are entering into your home. Books. Books. Demonic books. That's how pornography enters into so many families. You know how it enters? Horrible books. The funny thing is Christians introduce you to that. Who call yourselves. What are they? People who are gone out from among you. Entice you to accursed things. You know what? I went to uh, this place and I brought you laughing Buddha. the... 
and in the, you're having your family prayer and Buddha's laughing at you. I remember Derek Prince in one of his sermons, he says, um, he had one of his uh, relatives, he left a will. In that will, he inherited two dragon, Chinese dragon pictures or something. And very, really, real, uh, it was antique, they were antique pieces. Highly valuable pieces. And he just put it in his house, he says, what is wrong with this? Okay, it's fine. And the Lord told him, what does a dragon signify? Serpent. How does a serpent symbol is there in the house of my servant? And immediately was convicted and he just tore it down and he burned it into pieces. Are there accursed things in our lives? Clothes? Designer wear? Earrings? Earrings! I am not saying that. Turn to Exodus chapter 33. And verse 3 to 6. 33 verses 3 to 6. Go Go up to a land flowing with milk and honey, for I will not go up in your midst, lest I come and consume you on the way, for you are a stiff-necked people. Now, God is saying, you go, I will send an angel, they will, he will drive out all the parasites and they go and occupy, I am not coming with you. Why? If you, if I come along, I come on, if I come with you, I will fall on you and you will be destroyed. And when the people heard this bad news, they moaned and no one put on his ornaments. For the Lord had said to the Moses, said to Moses, say to the children of Israel, you are a stiff necked people, I could come up into your midst and in one moment, in one moment consume you, now therefore what? Take off your ornaments that I may know what to do with you. You want to know the will of God? So the children of Israel stripped themselves of their ornaments by Mount why? Because those are the very same ornaments with which you made that golden calf and said, these are the gods which brought you out of children of Israel. Right? Take out those ornaments now. Those accursed things. See, God is a God who loves us. Let me tell you something. He wants to dwell with us. So he allows all these things to happen into our lives. He allows false prophets. He allows false brethren. And he allows allows people who will tempt us with accursed things. Whatever you find in the market, my dear children, no boy, you will be very, very careful nowadays. You buy one bag. Bag is a very harmless thing. It will have Pokemon, Barbie, who always is beautiful forever. She was beautiful from the past 70 years. She never grew old. Children become a prey. Question play, therefore, God is asking us, have we dealt with our heart? Our heart is a point. Love the Lord your God with all of your heart, with all of your soul with all of your mind.
and keep on walking in that straight and narrow path. And then you know what? One day, you will know for sure your destination. Because you know who your God is, you know what your glory is, and your mind has been transformed into doing the will of God. And after that, your destination is very, very clear. What is your destination? Not heaven, Christ. <laughs> Christ. <laughs> he is our destination. <laughs> 1 John chapter 2, and we'll stop for today. 1 John chapter 2. And verses, uh, uh, sorry, chapter 3. Verses 1 to 3. Verses 1 to chapter 3. Behold, what manner of love the Father has bestowed upon us that we should be called the children of God. Therefore, the world does not know us because it did not know Him. You see that? Beloved, now we are children of God and it has not yet been revealed what we shall be, but we know that when he is revealed, we shall be like him, for we shall see him as he is. And verse 3, and everyone who has this hope in him purifies himself just as he is pure. Ultimately, we want to be with him. Now, what's the whole point? Destination, not heaven. Destination is Jesus. A glass of wine. A loaf of bread. And your presence is paradise in the wilderness, said Umar Khayyam. And what about you? What about us? Wherever you are, Lord, that is heaven. Even, that's what Moses said, if you don't go with us, don't take us. If you don't go with us, don't take us. Okay, so he showed Moses his ways and his acts to the children of Israel. But acts can always deceive us, right? If you're always after acts, the guy will come and show you a sign and wonder, and then he will take you to other gods. The focus of all teaching is God. I love you, Lord. And nobody else is going to steal that devotion from me. My devotion toward you. Shall we stand and shall we pray? And we will end today's session. Father, we just thank you, Father, for this day. Circumcise our hearts. Circumcise, Lord. Our hearts. For you promised that you would circumcise our hearts. And the hearts of our children our spiritual children are our own children. That we will love your, love the Lord our God with all of our heart, with all of our strength, and with all of our mind. To that end, I pray that you would always bless the teaching and the hearing of the word, that it will start continuing to burn everything which is not of God and set our hearts apart for you and you alone. We thank you, we praise you for this time. Come and all of us into your hands. For in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.